like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Jim Willis's uh, biography is going to sound a little familiar. Uh, like myself, uh, Jim is, uh, ordained in this case. Um, Jim is ordained after having gone to Andover Newton Theological Seminary, which, um, is now part of Yale Divinity School. Uh, and he is the author of many books involving the intersection of, I would say, faith and disaster in some cases. In this case, it's American cults, cabals, Corruption and Charismatic Leaders. Thank you, Jim, for giving us time. Oh, thank you, Ian. Uh, before we start, man, I don't want to bury the lead. I have been kind of um, offline for the last couple of days, as I do from time to time, and I didn't know anything about what you just talked about, Kenya. Could you could you, you pick me up on you, it? You will be hearing about it then along with everybody else. Let me just say, before I do that, now that Andover and Newton has become subsumed by Yale Divinity School, if you pretended to have lost your diploma and you no. write and you wait, wait, and you write and you say, hey, I'd like a new Andover and Newton, they'll probably send you one that says Yale on it because that happened oh, to a friend of mine. <laughs> you oh, get an up, you, you get an upgrade if the school has been taken over by another school. <laughs> Just telling you. I've been out here in the woods now for 15 years, and I haven't even looked at my diploma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I see, all the more reason to say I lost it. So Jim uh, lives in the woods of South Carolina, where he went in pursuit of a natural faith, which I really enjoyed uh, reading about, if only in part. Um, so we'll return to your biography, but just to bring you up to date, and so I don't tease people along too far, we're talking about a new, and this is not new in terms of the themes of it or even the events, but it just happened. Uh, Kenya police, uh, according to the BBC, are investigating the deaths of four people suspected to have starved to death on the orders of the leader of a controversial cult. Uh, Pastor Mackenzie Nthenge is alleged to have told his followers 
in the coastal area of Khalifi to starve themselves in the hope of getting to heaven more quickly. Well, yeah, that'll do it. Following a tip-off, police found 15 seriously ill people on Thursday. Only 11 made it to the hospital alive. And then the reports are, and these are verifiable reports, that there is a mass grave somewhere in this jungle where the people who didn't even make it this far were buried by those who survived it up until yesterday. Wow. wow. But doesn't that have a very familiar ring to it, to a millenarian cult where the leader oh, yeah. positions themselves as some sort of arbiter of salvation, but would rather see his own followers or her followers in very rare cases die than to have them see that he never had the power, never had the pipeline to God that he claimed he did. Talk about Jim Jones, huh? Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, and Jim Jones coming from a long line of Jim Joneses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a time uh, back in the seventies, eighties, I guess it was when uh, uh, Jim Baker was having his trouble, and Jim Jones was having his trouble, and Jimmy Swaggart was having his trouble. And I began to wonder about all these ministers called Jim. It's yeah, that's probably true. That's probably <laughs> likely true. And and when you think about it, um, it, you know, although Jim Jones is certainly the most notorious of that group, they all kind of follow a similar pattern of starting to believe their own publicity. Yeah, and yeah, that, that is the case. You know, and the fact that this happened recently in Kenya yeah. brings out, a, you know, something that's just, when I started out to write this book, um, I was expecting to talk about all kinds of cults from all over the world, and it just got so big, I knew I couldn't do it. So I had to limit it at the, uh, at the request of the publisher to American cults. But uh, what's happening here is, you know, just because there are American cults doesn't mean it's not going on other places, obviously. So, Well, that's the long tradition of European cults, these, these we call the millenarian cults, cults that are trying to bring about yes. the millennium for people who don't know. And, and, and the, you know, there are many like that in the United States, but there were just you know, literally hundreds of them in the Middle Ages. Yeah in every language, in every country, and many of the first founders that came to the United States came out of that same cult mentality. You know, it's it's hard for us to, to, to think about in, in these terms because most of us have grown up in traditional classrooms, and they take us back to the pilgrims, for instance, and we talk about the pilgrims and the history books all talk about these far-seeing people who were looking to build a city on a hill and all this kind of thing. What we forget, though, is that where the pilgrims came from, they were called separatists, or the Puritans, rather. They were called separatists, and when they came here, um, they were not coming here just to build their mythical city on a hill, but they were coming here because they were leaving uh, persecution in the old country, and it was because they were called a cult. And when they came here, we would love to say they had a happy ending and everything was great. Right. But the story of uh, the 
you know, Puritanism in New England. It seems as soon as they got here and got settled down and started forming some big cities, they turned into a cult themselves. It was either our way or the highway. They drove out the Quakers, for instance, after, you know, beating them and whipping them and driving them out of town on a rail. They, um, uh, basically arrested a lot of uh, uh, the women who were living different kinds of, of lives and called them witches. And the right. Salem witch trials took place. And Cotton Mather, who was a, um, a you know, the, one of the foremost um, preachers of his day, one of the leaders of this, this uh, exclusive cult called Puritanism, uh, he went to the, the Salem witch trials and just sat there and watched and didn't open his mouth. Now, it, they didn't stay that way. I mean, I, I belong to a denomination which has uh, its roots partially in New England congregationalism. And it's called, you know, I mean, it, it's a relatively uh, liberal denomination now. But back then, uh, there was a perfectly good reason for calling the Puritans a cult. They acted like it. They uh, imposed their own will. They drove out people who didn't believe as as they did. And uh, it's kind of in our American DNA ever since. Well, and they killed people. Yeah. So, so I mean, let I mean, let's just let's. It was that was not an anomaly. And we've right. done enough shows on the Salem witch trials on Coast to Coast AM over the years to just kind of always remind people this was not this was not an offshoot. This wasn't a faction. This was the this is when the the main stream theology of the puritans became so twisted yeah. that it eventually began to eat its own tail yeah which is base, which is what happened and so whether it's in salem or salem town and you know there's all sorts of i mean i to take the tour up there is illuminating but mm -hmm. the the idea of who qualified as a witch yeah. Um, and, and then what they, what that liberated them to do to that person. Yeah. That's kind of the scariest thing. And, and it's sort of part of what we still see carried through in the story of American cults here still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the part that was so strange about that is, is here was this, this group that had the, uh, Spanish Inquisition. Uh, and the, 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 uh, you know, fresh in their minds. Um, it was going on in Europe at the same time. Uh, and it, it carried on here when, um, when the conquistadors came into Mexico and later into, into, you know, Central America and all that. Uh, here, here they were, uh, a group claiming, uh, Absolute power and right. just destroying people, destroying uh, the books that didn't agree with them. The Mayan texts were destroyed. People were killed and everything else. So here and we enslaved. are. Uh, I mean, they, they enslaved people who yeah. did not agree with them, which, again, is something we see common in a lot of cults, that idea of captivity. Yes. And um, and we might say today we might refer to it almost as a kind of Stockholm syndrome. The, yeah. Deny them protein, keep them locked up until they agree to become one of us, and then that's okay. Then they start to enjoy privileges again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's absolute cultic behavior. Uh, you know, that's why I, I, I tend to try to not uh, label organizations or cults as a whole. Right. 
because you know let's face it there were there were some really far seeing and 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 good um puritan stock uh, you know even though they were living in a culture that was you know, opposed to what they did and there were some fine people uh some of the uh, the friars who were in 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 mayan country and and everything else they you know you just can't label them all a cult but when a group begins to use what i like to call cultic methodologies and when it begins to uh, revolve around and kind of um oh form around us the the uh, the centric the central methods of what cults do and the methods that they use then you've got to say but you know well let's call it what it is you know yeah. and and it's it's a dangerous uh, it's a dangerous thing that is so common in american history yeah. And we see it played out, again, as you're pointing out, all over the world. And again, for this particular story, this comes from Kenya, which is which sees a lot of these. And they're sort of semi-Christian, mm-hmm. or, you know, they, they adopt aspects of Christianity, uh, particularly apocalyptic thinking, as sort of the capstone that gives them the right to determine who lives, who dies, who stays, who goes. And people seem willing to hand over their own fate, their own future. The 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 concept, and we we hold it dear, a kind of rugged American individualism, for some reason, goes out the window. Um, if we feel a little bit of a threat, are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me let me pause for one second, though, to say, again, we're talking with Jim Willis, um, who is author, ordained minister, um, and uh, the uh, man behind American cults, uh, Cobbles, Corruption, and Charismatic Leaders. 
I, here's what I want to avoid. I don't want to avoid getting into the weeds of of politics because, yeah. and I know you'll uh, you'll understand this. You know this oh, yes, this it's too soon for some people to get, and it could be democratic, it could be liberal, there could be conservative issues. We're just not. Let's let's avoid that so that I'm not answering those calls for the rest of the night. <laughs> and uh, and instead, I mean, the broader brush, these bigger themes are are enough for us to tackle in the yeah. in the time that we'll have on the air yeah, of what these, defines this. The, the themes are the important thing because right. you 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 will find them in religious organizations, but as you say, you'll also find them the same kind of ideas or methodologies sometimes in 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 politics. Right. I found them in academia when oh, I was God, a yes. professor. Right. There were certain cults and certain uh, right. uh, things that had to be believed. I found them in 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 science. Um, when That's I a really good point. wrote my book, Hidden History, I talked a lot about uh, scientists who were just basically kicked out of the club because yep. you know they didn't, they didn't agree with the, the the proper notion at the time. Uh, the, they didn't please the gatekeepers. Instance, you know? They didn't. The gatekeepers in science are just as uh, egotistical as the gatekeepers in any other profession. Yeah, and you just said the right word. I think that egotistical. One of the 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 uh, clear um, things that reveal what a cult is is, generally speaking, they either begin or still have as a founder a very charismatic leader who is uh, very egotistical. Uh, it, it's it's not at all uncommon to find narcissists who feel entitled or are grandiose, and they are at the center, not only of their own story but everyone else's. And you know, they usually lack any real empathy, and they display a, uh, an unmistakable arrogance. And they're surprisingly normally in search of validation, but they might feel at least a small sense of shame when they do wrong, usually because. It's because they got caught, and it undermines their self-esteem. But how easy it is for a narcissist cult leader to go farther and actually become a, a psychopath. And the difference uh, in terms of psychology between those two is that psychopaths normally don't feel any shame. And that's most people don't realize it, but that's why psychopaths can all uh, generally pass uh, lie detector tests. They they honestly feel they can do no wrong. They're doing the right thing, and the reason they they feel that way is because they're the ones performing the deeds. And if if they do something, it's obviously justified because they're the ones doing it. It's a it, it's a terrible path to come down, and uh, people listening may have. Uh, been associated with this same kind of people on a much smaller scale. You know, the friends who say, oh, I'm only saying this for your right. own good. Right. Know, as if they're, you know, telling more. Or you always act this way. Or if your integrity is, right. is questioned by means of, oh, passive aggressive domination. Right. This is manipulation. And cult leaders do this instinctively. They are master manipulators and use their ability to their advantage. But what we don't usually fall into is it's just not a manipulator. A manipulator has someone, has to have someone to manipulate. And there are a lot of people who don't want to be leaders. Uh, they're confused. They may feel like they're not sure what the answers are. And so they will say to the cult leader, um, make it easy for me. 
put you know right. tell me what to do put it on a bumper sticker so it's easy to right. understand right. it's easier for me just to not worry about it i'll do whatever you say i'll follow along and and that's how cults are born listen to more coast to coast am every weeknight at 1 a.m eastern and go to coast to coast am.com for more it's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.